On the first Sunday of Advent, we began a little bit of a series of reflecting on the three ministries of Christ and how we share in those ministries by our baptism. And those are priest, prophet, and king. And at our baptism, we also are anointed priest, prophet, and king. And you may remember from a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus is a priest, the high priest, the greatest of all the priests. And as Bishop Barron said, a priest is one, he's kind of a big bridge builder between God and man. And Jesus being the second person of the most holy trinity is the ultimate bridge builder between God and man and comes to reconcile us to his heavenly father. And by our baptismal priesthood, by being anointed priests, we're called to be bridge builders too. To go out there in the world and bring the world to God and God to the world. And today we're going to reflect on that second ministry, that of Jesus as being a prophet and how we're prophets too by our baptism. Now remember at baptism, when we're baptized, when the priest or the deacon pours the water on the head of the baby and baptizes them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, original sin is washed away. And remember, what is original sin? That sin of our first parents. It was to listen to the lie of the devil, right? Who said to Adam and Eve, is it true that God said that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? And he started to plant those doubts to the point that then Adam and Eve decided, you know what? We are. We're just going to reach out and take things into our own hand. They stopped trusting God, right? They did what he told them not to do. And what happened? After they committed that original sin, there was a wedge between God and man. And fear rushed in, right? Because what's the first thing that they do after they eat from that fruit of the tree? They hide. They stay away from God. They think that God is out to hold them down, to be like a, a tyrant or some sort of like a jail master who wants to keep them unhappy, to keep them sad, to keep them afraid. And that's what the devil wants us to think. He wants us to think that God does not want us to be happy, that he wants us ultimately to be scared and, and afraid and to stay away from him. But that is not the case. Jesus is the truth. He is God himself. He comes to save us from our sins and to shine that light on the fear and to drive it away. And by our being prophets like him, we're called to go out there in the world and to proclaim that truth, that we don't need to be afraid of God, that to follow his commandments, to love him, to serve him, is ultimately to lead to our happiness. But the thing is, as we go out there in the world, people aren't normally like ready to accept that with open arms, right? And I'll give you an example. So I'm really blessed. I have three siblings. So I come from a family of four kids. And so I love my brother Rob, my sister Katie, my brother Michael. And the great thing about having siblings is I also have a niece and nephews. And I have seven of them, one niece and six nephews. And five of those seven are my sisters. She and my brother-in-law, Chris, have five kids. And it always kind of surprises me when I get to spend time with them how rude people often are to them. You know, what they'll say to them about having their five kids, right? They'll be out, and the kids are like the cutest in the world, right? I mean, I'm objective. I mean, I'd just say it, but they're super cute, right? And I love spending time with them. 
but we'll go out and people will say things like, are all of these yours? You know, or don't you know how that happens? And I love it when, you know, my sister can boldly say, yes, we know how this happens and we rather enjoy it. You know, and so (laughs) there they are, right? To know, you know, that the kids are a good thing to trust that God takes care of them, right? That when they're open to life and they welcome new children in, God is there. The devil wants to lie to us and make us think, oh, he won't take care of you, stay away from him. No, that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to be afraid. We're called to listen to God and follow him and to know that he will take care of us. And the thing is, I know, it's like not everybody can have a big family. Some families are trying really hard but can't conceive and have another child. We can't like judge everybody else, but at the same time, we gotta ask ourselves that question, are we trusting in the Lord? Trusting what he's calling us to? Because the world criticizes us so often for following him and for listening to God and gives us a hard time. Don't put up with that, right? Don't be afraid. Live the gospel to the fullest, whatever your vocation may be. It's funny to me on the other side of things, you know, I'm a celibate. We have one of our wonderful seminarians back, right? Darren is back to visit us. He's studying to be a priest. He's going to give up a wife and family. We get criticisms too, right? The world doesn't know what to think about big families and doesn't know what to think about priests and religious, right? But you know what? It doesn't matter. We know from the very beginning, as the gospel is proclaimed, even by St. John the Baptist, the greatest of all the prophets, what happened to him in the gospel today? He's in prison. We know that eventually they're going to cut off his head. You know, you look at all of the apostles, the ones who were with Jesus, 11 of them were martyred for their faith, killed for it. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, truth himself, as he proclaimed the gospel, Some people received it with joy, but some clearly did not. They killed him. They killed him on a cross. But this is the beautiful thing. The truth is stronger than whatever the world throws at us. The the truth is stronger than bullies out there who want to punch our values in the face. That ultimately, what happens to Jesus after he dies on the cross? Three days later, he rises from the dead. The world tries to throw all sorts of things at us. I mean, we live in an age where we can get stuff right away, right? Like we have Amazon. If you order something on Amazon, it comes yesterday, right? It comes so fast. We can get all sorts of things. But those things and more and more stuff and wealth doesn't make us happy. Listen to what Pope Francis said in one of his first letters as our Holy Father. He said this, Sometimes... We are tempted to find excuses and complain, acting as if we could only be happy if a thousand conditions were met. To some extent, this is because our technological society has succeeded in multiplying occasions of pleasure, yet has found it very difficult to engender joy. That's what we celebrate today, the joy of the gospel. The joy of the fact that following Christ leads to a peace that stuff cannot give us, right? Staying close to him, living our vocations, trusting in him, doing the right thing out there out of love for him, he will provide. Now the world won't always be excited to see that. We'll meet various reactions from social awkwardness to martyrdom, 
to even being killed for our faith. But the beautiful thing is, that light of truth, it shines brighter than the confusion and darkness of our time. The light of truth is what ultimately brings us to joy, to peace, and that, my friends, lasts forever. Pray for the grace, not to hide your joy underneath a bushel basket, right? Not to keep it into yourself, but rather to proclaim it loudly. And thanks be to God, you can hear that a lot of people are open to life, right? We have a lot of children here right now. Thanks be to God for that. And thank him and stay close to him in bearing your light today and always. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.